Give me someone who loves like me Up there on the TV or movie Anything would do Cause I've learned surviving isn't living And we deserve way more than A brief romance on an episode or two That we deserve Something unconventional Hey there, Clexiconers! Welcome to another episode of Unconventional, the Clexicon Podcast. I am your host, as always, Dana Pickley, and we are less than two months out from Clexicon 2018. Can you even handle it? Before we head into this really, really fabulous episode, which I'm really excited to share with you, I do have a couple things I just want to tell you. On March 1st, which is coming up very, very soon, tickets go on sale for Breakfast with Clexicon guests. And that is something you do not want to miss if you can score a ticket to. Um, you're going to be able to possibly meet Kat Burrell, Dominique Provost-Chalkley, Tamara Duarte, Emily Andrus, Anna Silk, Natasha Negovanlis, and Elise Bauman. What an incredible opportunity to dine and dish with some of your favorite, favorite stars. So... Keep that on your calendar. March 1st, tickets go on sale, and they are going to go fast. Also on sale, speaking of good stuff, um, Clexicon has added some really, really cool new merch to their store. Uh, they've got slick black on black and blue on blue Clexicon 18 shirt. They also have new hats, um, all sorts of cool stuff. So check out their store. Just click on the little store button all the way to the right of the Clexicon website, and there you go. And you'll be looking amazing. I don't want to keep these guests from you any longer because I know that you're super amped about it. So we are going straight into my interviews with Natasha Negovanlis and Elise Bauman. Here we go. I am very, very happy to introduce my guests for this episode of Unconventional, because they are two of my favorite people in the world. You know them, you love them. Natasha Negovanlis and Elise Bauman. Ladies, thank you for being here. I'm giving, I'm giving us a round of applause. <laughs> Naturally. Thank you for having us. Oh, well, I mean, come on. It was a given, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a monkey wrench into this whole thing. Uh, so, dear listeners, I am not going to ask these actresses, these multi-talented creative types, anything about their flagship Carmilla. No, I am not. What? <laughs> what? Because, I don't know if you know this, but these guys are going to be doing a Holstein panel at Clexicon, so there'll be lots and lots of Carmilla questions there. So this, this is my version of the actor's studio. And I'm just going to ask them all sorts of weird ass questions and uh, hopefully some thought provoking questions so you can get to know them a little better as people. How do you feel about that, ladies? I feel fantastic about it. (laughs) Very excited. (laughs) All right. So my first question, this is for both of you. Okay. What would you tell your 15 year old self now? If you could go back in time. You know what? I was thinking about this recently, actually, uh, because I, I, 
I was thinking about it because I took a painting class with my mom and I was thinking about how I'm more of a creative person than someone who can follow instructions. And I think if I could go back in time, I would maybe tell my 15-year-old self that she doesn't have to go to university. Um, Here in Canada, university and college are different things. So what we call university, I guess y'all call college, but college and university are different here. So usually when you're very academic and and a straight-A student, it's assumed that you go to university to get a degree. But I I think that... um, yeah, I think I would tell my 15-year-old self that it would be okay to, like, go to an acting school or go do a diploma program instead. That being said, I don't have any regrets, but I think I would tell myself and also tell, like, young people now that it's okay if you learn differently from others. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something that just popped into my head recently. Hi. Into it. I'd probably tell dear young Elise that she could she could just like right over the vegan stage that she was in for a brief while. There was like a year and a half where I just went without dairy, and you know, like why, why? Like, you would tell young Elise to eat that, that ice cream, girl. She a, eat it. This <laughs> is a great invention. I understand that humans are like probably incapable of digesting it very well, and like it's probably really bad for the environment, but like. Cheese pizza is a great a great thing. So yeah. um, that's probably the sage wisdom that I would <laughs> I would gift young Batman. I would, would I would expect would nothing less from you, Elise. <laughs> so eat eat cheese. <laughs> eat the dairy. Don't forgo the yogurt. That would uh, my whole the whole course of my life could have been very different. No, I'm kidding. It was a great it was a great time. Nothing against vegans. Vegans are great people. Like I'm getting a lot of backlash for this. <laughs> I was like, it's just backtracking. All right. Well, speaking of food. All right. Okay. If you and Natasha were attending a dinner party, what do you think the other one would bring? Oh. I, I would say Nat- Natasha would maybe, I mean, this is a little on the nose, but I, I like maybe like a Greek salad. <laughs> maybe like a Greek salad. <laughs> Possibly some like, but but like like a real Greek salad, like real like authentic feta cheese, and and all that good stuff. Either that, or she'd go straight for like it'd be like a meat platter, be like a lot of like cured, just like a lamb on a steak or something. (laughs) No, it would be it would be really like it would be it would be nice. Like she would like have hand selected. A bunch of like really nice like meats and pickles and cheeses and she'd she'd throw down like a good a good a uh, good platter so she'd yeah. be like the queen of charcuterie charcuterie that's what it's called that's what it's called yeah yeah yeah. she would she would do that and it would be on like a really nice wooden board or something oh that's very <laughs> that's very accurate i think i would do something like that or at least some ingredients for someone else's charcuterie board for sure some like preserves or something mm. um yeah i don't think i'd bring a salad because nobody likes the girl who brings the salad. <laughs> <laughs> also it'd be like a little cheap of me too you know i like to like impress um <laughs> oh 
Also, I have a secret, guys. Culturally, I'm not Greek, technically, but I do make a mean Greek salad. My family's Macedonian. Macedonian. It's actually terrible. It's like (laughs) boiled potatoes and very overcooked flavorless meat. Um, Nobody wants to be the girl with the salad, but especially nobody wants to be the girl with boiled potatoes. (laughs) Here, I bought you some boiled potatoes. Um, I think that Elise would bring like some hummus like some appetizers for dinner like some really good hummus maybe some kale chips or she would just like bring her own separate meal that she would eat like out of her own (laughs) (laughs) which like I make fun of experience on that one aren't you yeah but I like secretly do admire because I wish that I had like Elise's discipline. Um, no, or she'd surprise everyone and like bring a really nice dessert. Actually, like a good pie. Ooh, yeah, hey, yeah. Pies. I would. I yeah. I baked. I baked a pumpkin pie recently. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. All right. I like that. I like that. I think we should throw a dinner party. I think that's really where this is going. <laughs> this is like five guys. Like making mental notes. <laughs> Oh, Make sure Elite doesn't bring kale chips. <laughs> uh. All right, Natasha, what's the biggest misconception about you? Oh, um, I think the biggest misconception is that I'm extremely vain and or high maintenance. And I was thinking about this. I don't know if it's my bone structure or what, but <laughs> I was thinking about this recently. And it's interesting that a lot of people who take care of their appearance um, – or are really good at self-care are perceived as high maintenance because my being good at taking care of myself means that I don't need a lot from other people. Know what I'm saying? (laughs) Know what I'm saying? I think, yeah, I think that would be one. I'm, yeah, I'm not, not so fancy. I think that's the biggest misconception that I'm fancier. He's into fancy cured meats, but nothing else. But I'm fancier than I am. I mean... And she, but she's not like using them as like facial hydration right, right. or like yeah. Some, yeah. That's what I use Greek salad for. <laughs> it's astringent. It works. Yeah. Um, what about you, Elise? What's the biggest misconception about you? Mm, um, I think probably somewhere around. I think people think that I'm like on, only ever a positive person, which may be a bit of a far stretch sometimes. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I have a lot more like aggression than people realize. (laughs) Maybe something. Although she be but little, she is fierce is what you're saying. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a punching bag? At least something you can work with. I don't have a punching bag. I I just uh, I just signed up for soccer again. I just signed up for a soccer team. Oh, that's because so I used to. Yeah, I used to. I used to play soccer from um, I was maybe like ten until high school, and I loved it. And it was definitely my sport. And then um, I well, I just stopped playing after high school because there weren't as many opportunities to play. Um, and I have terrible knees, but that's not stopping me. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go like do another, 
another stint at stalker just for fun. I think I need, I think I need that outlet. I think I really need to like get back to my tomboy roots. I've been feeling that way a lot lately. I'm like, why am I trying so hard to be this other thing? I don't know. So yeah. So I'm going to go back on the field. (laughs) I love that this shit got really deep right there. (laughs) (laughs) See, there was a method to my madness, you guys. Um, Okay. So, what is the question that you've always wanted an answer to, but have yet to get one? What happens after we die? <laughs> like that's that's been a huge one. Since I, was a I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I think that's like what is the meaning? Like why why am I here? What's the point? What's the purpose? <laughs> um yeah, you know, light things like that. <laughs> Generally what I think about on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Natasha? I was just going to say how one changes their fitted sheets when they're by themselves. Or how one folds a fitted sheet. That is something I would love the answer to. Yes. I'm sure there are YouTube tutorials for this, but... Putting a fitted sheet on a bed when you're one person is so tricky because as soon as you tuck one side in, the other side lifts up. Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. hang a duvet cover on. Oh, yeah. the worst. Worst. And then you're like that you get trapped in the duvet the cover when you're by yourself. Yeah. And then you just hope that somebody comes to the door like UPS. Just that one that one I figured out. You have to like lie the whole thing down on your floor and then take the two corners and like pull it over. And it's a long, anyways. The germaphobe in me does not like that. And, and also, <laughs> have a dog, I'm like, oh, on the floor. Oh, yeah, dog, that would be. Yeah, although he does sleep in my bed, technically, so. <laughs> What's the difference? I'd introduce you to my dog right now, but she's uh, currently snorting and farting simultaneously. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay, what are you guys nostalgic about? Pogs. Pogs? Like the little paper things? You can get metal ones, too. Oh, pardon me. (laughs) You were really fancy if you had a metal pog. That's when you know you made it. But what was the purpose of pogs? Like, what did pogs do? It was a game. Elevated yourself, your, like, level of self-worth as a human. (laughs) 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 You know, like feeling really blue today, but, like, let me just look at my Pog collection, and now I feel a lot better about my outlook. Did you throw them? I don't really, like, I, I remember Pogs, but I didn't play with them, but what did you do with them? Like, did you just throw these, like, little pieces of cardboard, excuse me, metal? I think you just hoarded them and then, like, compared your Pogs to other kids' Pogs. Oh, it, was a game. it was, like, a serious game, guys. There were tournaments. Was this, was, was, were Pogs more popular in Canada? I'm starting to think they were. That and Tamagotchis. Tamagotchis were the, the it thing for a while. Yeah. But I killed all my pets, so I wasn't very good at that one. <laughs> I'd, like, set my alarm and wake up at 3 a.m., and I'd be like, i got to water this thing again, and then it would be dead by 7 a.m. the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Natasha? Like, are you, are you nostalgic about pogs, or is there something else that really gets your nostalgia button? Oh, I don't know. I mean... Gosh, I, I get really nostalgic over, like, children's choral music. 
I was a choir nerd, so I can't hear children's choirs without getting very emotional. Too much, and then I can't listen to it. Or, like, really obscure, like, folk music. Like, higher folk music. Because I used to go... I used to compete in competitions with my choir and, like, travel across North America. And, yeah, there's this one CD we have of... It was, like, um, we sang, like, my choir sang with, like, ten other choirs from all across North America. And it was in this massive church. And we were all... It wasn't... It just happened to be in a church. They weren't religious choirs. But, um, but we were, like, all along the outsides of it all in the balconies and I just remember it was like a really cool experience having just hundreds and hundreds of voices under 12 like come together so yeah whenever I hear like kids choral music especially around like the holiday times if there's something playing I don't love the holiday season but if there's something like with my kids choir I get really nostalgic because like my best childhood memories were surrounded by choir and, and singing so yeah that's really sweet all right, super serious question here, you guys. Have you ever seen a ghost? Yes, I have. Whoa, what? What? Tell us, who was it? What ghost was it? Where was it? I want details. I want everything. I've seen a couple ghosts. I um, I was a kid, and, like, a lady ghost just, like, flew over my bed one day. Or, not flew, but it was just kind of, like, there. I don't know. And then uh, and another time I was in a church, and I... Um, I saw a man in like a, like a uniform or something walk by and then I, and I was like, what the, and so I went into the room, but there was no doors leading out of that room. So I was like, probably a ghost, probably a ghost. Did, did your sightings of ghosts stop as you got older? Yes. Yeah. I only saw, I only saw the two when I was a kid. So you Maybe were, they weren't real. Maybe they were like figments of my imagination. Or you were really intuitive as a kid and you were yeah. open to it. I think a lot of kids see yeah. things that adults kind of turn their minds off to. Totally. I totally think that there's other parallel realms going on and we can kind of like tap in and out of them occasionally. What about you, yeah. Natasha? What do you, did you have you ever seen a ghost, a spirit, a poltergeist? <laughs> no, I've never seen one. I think I... I'm, I shut myself off to that stuff. <laughs> so, no, but a, a medium did once tell me that I had a posse of ghosts uh, around me. She did not use the word posse, but she said <laughs> there were many spirits around me that were not related to me and that I didn't know. And I was like, well, oh, that's disturbing. It's like, particularly, there's this little girl ghost that follows you around. Just like, okay, everybody knows those are the most terrifying of all ghosts. Well, um, the good thing so yeah. is you're never alone. Yeah. <laughs> why are, why are they helping you with your <laughs> fitted sheet, though, is my question. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's refilling the ice cube tray? Come on, ghost pop. Oh, God, you ghosts are so, like, considerate. Um, but weirdly enough, both my mom and my brother saw the same thing in the house I used to live in. They used to see this like dark shadow that Mm -hmm. was darker than a shadow move across my basement wall in the same spot. And they hadn't told each other until years later because my brother was a really little kid when he saw it and my mom saw it and she didn't really believe in that stuff. But then like years later, my brother had mentioned it and it was like really strange that they both saw the same thing without 
and describe the exact same thing separately without talking to each other about it. So that was kind of bizarre. Next question. <laughs> I like these questions. Oh, I know, I'm into this. I like this. This is fun. Let's talk about failure. <laughs> oh, great. How much time do we have? <laughs> Says one of the most successful actresses working today. Um, so what is a time that you failed spectacularly but learned a lot? my god like every day (laughs) every day i'm i'm really this is very interesting i i have like an like allergic aversion to failure i really don't like for people to see me failing in any capacity which leads me to like put on a front of like i've got it all together everything's fine don't worry about a thing um, which is not always the case because, you know, I'm like a human being and uh, I don't think I know any human beings who have it all together. Um, but uh, I was thinking about this the other day. The, the emotion that I remember the strongest of being a kid is embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about times that I was embarrassed as a kid, I will still get flushed mm-hmm. in my cheeks. For whatever reason, that is still such a pungent thing that I can connect to from being a kid. Mm -hmm. And I think a driving force has been a lot of me trying to avoid that feeling, Um, but which has led me to make safe choices a lot and and do things that, um, uh, which really goes against my nature. I think by nature, I'm a person who is a risk taker, who is... um, a person who like puts themselves on the line. And so I'm trying to really, it's really interesting that you're bringing that up. Cause that's something I've been thinking about a lot over the past couple weeks is, um, fearlessness and failure and wanting to really reevaluate my relationships to those words. Yeah. So well said. I mean, I think that I also fail on a daily basis, but yeah. learn from it every time. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I was also a very studious young person who always wanted to succeed and, and do really well at things. Um, and I remember uh, when you were just talking about nostalgia and we were talking about choirs, I had this this memory of me um, in this, this voice competition between, I took a year off between high school and university and I was in this really serious voice competition and I had to sing like eight different pieces, all my memory in four different languages from particular years. It was like the most intense thing I had ever done. It was this like huge national competition. And in the middle of one of my songs, I forgot the words and I had forgotten Mm. the words for the first time ever in my life in the middle of this really intense competition. And I stopped and I remember I wanted to just fall and run out of the room but I just looked over the piano's shoulder and I looked at it and then I started again. And then I did like the rest of my pieces after that. And then of course, like immediately threw up when I left the room (laughs) and I was so humiliated and I had never been, I think that's like my most embarrassing moment that I've blocked out for a long time. And I'd never been so, so, so humiliated. Um, But I had to stick around for like hours because all of these professors were adjudicating it. And I ended up coming in first place and I remember being 
so shocked. And the reason why is because of how I was able to recover. Mm -hmm. And it was really amazing. And it was a really great lesson just when you were talking about failure and like what you learned from it. It was a really great lesson in that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to not be perfect. And it's really about how you dealt with it. And I remember the professors were like, yeah, you forgot the words, but you were able to keep going. And even though you wanted to cry, you were able to get through the rest of your pieces flawlessly and you composed yourself so well. So I think that was like a really good lesson in, in that you don't always have to strive for, you know, perfection all the time. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I have little universal reminders of that every day. Yeah. Even, even like setting your alarm and sleeping in, I've failed. I've already failed at getting up at the time that I said I was going to get up. Like there's all, there's moments of little failures throughout the day. Yeah. Risk. That's another thing. It's like, I have to risk the failure too. Mm -hmm. Can I share my failure with you? Yes, please. Yes, please. So you may know that I used to work at this website and, um, I loved it and I was very devoted. And after I did this event for this little show called Carmilla, I came home and I got a phone call from my big boss that, uh, my position was going to be eliminated after I had worked, you know, really, really hard to establish myself in this position. And, I was so humiliated by it that I, I, I didn't leave my room for like two days. I was so, I, I, all I could think was I'm nothing without this job. Like I cease to exist. Like who Dana Pickley is ceases to exist now that this job is over. And right. yeah. I was so worried what people would think of me. Would they think that I sucked but they think that I wasn't good um at what I was doing and I was so I was so nervous about facing up to it but I think what I learned through all of that is that I'm who I am is more than any job and what what I do and what I'm trying to do what I'm trying to give is is bigger than all of that and I think it really made me a stronger person it made me a stronger writer. It made me a much more like intuitive, empathetic person too, because I failed m- spectacularly in front of the internet and um, yeah. you know, the lesbian and queer internet who I had become very intimately connected with. And so um, that humiliation, that failure led to me being who I am today. And it's something I'm proud of and I'm happy with. So that's my big failure that I learned from. Your sense of worth and external things, those things can be blown down like a house of cards in an instant. Mm-hmm. And so if I, have, I haven't developed the things that are in me, then when those things do inevitably fall down, such as aging, like if I place so much value in my looks and, you know, all of a sudden those by nature start to lessen um then yeah like uh, um I, I think that's just so on point what you said about you know I thought that I didn't have any value outside of this external thing that's something I'm really trying to work on right now too it's like 
whoa, whoa, what, what have I placed, what have I placed my own value in? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what is, what is it actually outside of those things? You know, yeah, that's so good. All right. Let's, let's go on to something slightly lighter than that. <laughs> uh, what's the best thing you've ever bought yourself with your own hard earned cash or loonies? Loonies, I should say. <laughs> Loonies and toonies. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, but it's a thing you're like, I bought this with my own damn money for my hard work. Right. I think for me, maybe not a thing necessarily, but coming to LA uh, for this winter, I'm, that's where I am right now. That's been a big thing for me is... is um, is going, I'm taking these few months off of working to be here and really focus on what I want to be focusing on. Um, also, I went through a brief stint of buying some really awesome New Balance sneakers, and I've got a few <laughs> pairs now, and I'm just really loving my collection of sneakers. <laughs> oh, man. I... Uh... I think one of the biggest misconceptions about our type of internet fame or how we got quote-unquote famous is that um, our followers equal dollar signs. <laughs> uh, we know that, Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, I'm in so much student debt because I put myself through three years of school that uh, I still live paycheck to paycheck, but I would say that my ability to pay my rent every month and not worry about paying rent anymore is a really wonderful accomplishment. And I also just recently closed off one of my student lines of credit. So that was nice. Congratulations. Very simple. Like I'm like, Oh, my credit score has gone up and improved greatly. And I was able to buy myself eyeglasses so that I can see again. (laughs) It's the little things. The dentist this week. Yes. So I think it's like glimpsed into the life of a Canadian actor. (laughs) Humble adulting. Um, but also, uh, and being able to adopt my doggy and like take Mm. her care, take care of him responsibly. I think that's like, Expensive. Yeah, they can be. I mean, he's not so fancy, but <laughs> mine costs a fortune. Okay, so final question before I get to my always final question. Okay, where is your happy place? One of my happy places, because I, I I really can't choose just one, and it really depends on where I'm at in my life and what I need in that moment. You know, my happy place is most of the time on set when I'm doing my job and doing the job that I love and I'm on set. That's like the best feeling in the world. But outside of work, I'd say um, I still work at a farmer's market for no real reason. And I do that every two weeks or so, or maybe once a month with one of my best friends. And I used to work in his restaurant when I was a starving artist and um, yeah, I think just seeing the same faces that I've been seeing for five years and getting my hands dirty and, you know, selling like wholesome organic food, is just really, uh, really nice. It's like really is one of my happy places. And I call it my therapy because for a moment I can go and like just be a girl selling pie and 
eat delicious food and catch up about life with my friend. And it's so nice to have something that forces me to wake up early in the morning and I have to be accountable and show up. And yeah, I don't know. It really is just one of my, my happiest places. There's always like different um, street performers and like musicians who play every week. And there's always like great music, like someone playing accordion. And um, it's such a Toronto like thing too, but you know, it's just so cute. There's all these like families around that are all like mixed race and speaking different languages and I don't know there's just like a really nice peaceful vibe to that particular market that I really enjoy so yeah that's one of them I'm just a girl standing in front of a pie (laughs) asking to love her (laughs) I say that every time (laughs) that that sells a lot of pie right there (laughs) oh man that's too funny where is my happy place? Um, I went to Joshua Tree this this Christmas and fell in love with it there. It's so beautiful. Um, I went rock climbing with my brother and like just any t- anytime I'm outdoors in nature, that's really when I feel like the most connected to my higher self and and the planet and the universe and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I'm I, I generally live in giant like garbage-ridden, disgusting cities like New York and Toronto and L.A., and uh, I don't really get that a lot. <laughs> like, um, so those moments when I am outdoors, like I went snowshoeing up on these mountains with my friends in B.C. over Christmas, and um, yeah, those are definitely my my happy places. Yeah. You guys are such beautiful I souls. Someone just recently, not told me, because I knew they existed, but baths, man. Baths are so underrated. Like, lighting. I haven't had a bath since I was a kid, probably. And Natasha's face right now is like, uh-uh. <laughs> but, I man, it's so relaxing. I had one the other night, and I was like, this is really great. <laughs> you guys are so not on board. Just try it. Put some Epsom salts, light no. a couple candles. You no. might do it. You might surprise I try to take baths all the time, and I've just accepted, like, that I don't enjoy them. I'm Every time I do it, I'm like, why am I forcing myself to do this? Because I'm going to be, like, 30 in a few years, and society tells us that, like, women love baths. I'm like, no. <laughs> Not only do we love baths, we love eating yogurt in baths. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, all I can think about is getting, like, Epsom salts up my hoo-ha. I mean, that doesn't sound relaxing to me. No, sitting in my own filth and having to stare at my naked body and, like, accept my body issues, like, absolutely not. And also, like, being confined to a small space and being wet, I'm not about, like, water. I am not, I'm like, no. Oh, my God. So to hell with your bath, at least, in your happy place. Listen, people love that. ruining my happy place. (laughs) We just made it a sad place. God. Okay, so hey, to each their own. No judgment. I get, the, I get the concept of a bath. <laughs> you guys are heading to Vegas soon, as am Arr. I. As is, as is, as are many people who are listening to this. Was oh. was last year your first time in Vegas? It was. It was indeed. And you the guys, I tried the old slots machines. <laughs> 
So I always ask everybody at the end of the podcast what their favorite things about Vegas are and like what they recommend. I, I know you guys were really busy and you didn't have a lot of downtime, but did you get to do anything you were like, this is kind of like crazy fun? We had a really nice time in like the artist alley. We went to some cool vintage shops and went to like a really nice cafe that I think was a little more our speed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think <laughs> both Elise and I are really similar in that we take our jobs pretty seriously and wanted to be in high spirits. So I feel like all the bartenders and like restaurant folks hated us because we were like, <laughs> we'll just have water and a salad. <laughs> we at like 10 p.m. every night. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but I did see a Cirque du Soleil show, and it was incredible. I saw love, and I'm so glad that I did it. I was like, when in Rome, I'm going to go see a show, even though it's past my bedtime. And uh, still so mad I didn't go to that. That was such yeah, a... Yeah, it was really, like, Ugh. the word spectacle, and, like, that's what that was. It was spectacular, and just, like, because... Cirque du Soleil is always amazing, but the fact that it's in a theater that's built specifically for the show, like, everything was seamless and flawless from the lighting design to, like, even the technical cues, you're like, that's someone in a booth queuing them up, and they're just, like, seamless, seamless, and the the dancing was amazing, and it was, I saw Love, so it's all Beatles music, which I love so much, so, yeah, it was really fantastic. I hope I I get to see another show this year, I think. I'd be down, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, the performances were just, like really really amazing i also like i love the desert like i'm such a i love dry climate and i love like desert life but i'm uh i'm not uh i'm not as into debauchery as my I don't know what it is, man. I don't know why people think I'm like an alcoholic. I've spent numerous evenings and and experiences with you and I would never describe you as debaucherous. (laughs) No, I know. I know. I think I had like a brief moment in time like seven, six years ago. And then I was like, cool, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) So what about you, Elise? Besides the slap machines. Slot machines. Um, no, Artist Alley was pretty rad. There's all these like crazy old vintage stores, just chock full of like weird Vegas antiques. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty. That was pretty cool. The strip itself is not really my, not really my jam. But um, I don't know. I I mean I'm not really there to sightsee. I'm more there to like meet people and hang out and. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Vegas was such a such a good time last year. So yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the convention itself so much. Today, it's my most favorite one that I've ever done. Oh yay! So I'm really looking forward to this one again, like more than being in the city. Like it could be anywhere, and I would enjoy it. You know? Yeah. You hear that, Clexicon? Next year, we could be in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not push things, Dana. (laughs) No offense, Iowa. I've been to you. You're lovely. Um, Well, thank you to the two of you. You're always so thoughtful and interesting and funny. And I've probably interviewed you guys a gajillion times, but it's it's always a new and interesting experience. (laughs) Thanks for having us. This is fun. 
Yeah, so, you always have the best questions. questions. Oh, thank you. You really do. You really do. You're going to see... the same questions all the time. I so know you do. <laughs> I know you do. And so you're going to see the three of us. I mean, I, you're going to see them, and I will be there too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the Holstein panel at Klaxicon. Not sure what day it is yet, but they're going to be there. Um, and where can our listeners find you on social media if they already aren't following you, which they probably are? At my last name and then my first name, B-A-U-M-A-N-E-L-I-S-E, Bauman Elise. And that is now both the same on Instagram and Twitter because I was a baby when I made my Twitter and it involved numbers and it really (laughs) didn't need to. So it's all matching now. (laughs) Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NatVanless. My first name and my last name mush together. That's it. <laughs> oh, well. All right. You guys have a wonderful uh, next couple, what, we have less than 60 days till KlexCon. And uh, yeah. see you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It does. What? Yeah, I know, right? I have already got all my outfits planned out. I have a spreadsheet with all my outfits on it. Um, oh, that's impressive. Can you come over and do that for me? <laughs> organizational queenness right there that is awesome that's amazing we have like we, we at least and i generally have like a crisis the night before and like call each other or meet up in our hotel rooms and then we end up wearing like running shoes and a t-shirt <laughs> please you guys looked amazing <laughs> you know, last year looking at the what i've worn i'm like i re- it really doesn't look like there's been a lot of planning you goobers every time i've seen you at one of these you look amazing um i'm going pink so the next time you see me, I will have dark pink ombre hair. So oh, wow. crossing my fingers that that works out. <laughs> yeah. I hope it works out better than my bangs. Um. <laughs> and that is going to do it for this episode of Unconventional. Thank you so much for listening, for downloading. You know, if you are really liking Unconventional, do us a favor and leave us a review. Tell some friends, tweet about it. We'd really, really appreciate it. You can find Klexicon on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Klexicon. You can find me, Dana Pickley, on Twitter at Dana Pickley. That's two C's, one L. And our theme music, our wonderful theme music, is by Stephanie Berlanga. And you can find her at stephanieberlangamusic.com. We are so close, you guys. We are so, so close. We are going to have one more episode of Unconventional before the show and planning to do a live taping like I mentioned last week. So looking forward very much to that. Until the next time we meet, here's Dana Pickley swearing fealty to you. We deserve.